0: Good evening, family. Let's open with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, please give me your words to speak tonight. It's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that I pray. Amen. So to break the ice a little, my name is Malachi Nimitz, as Brother Dan Dan said. And I feel the need to tell everyone that I'm 28 years old because recently I was accused of being between, being about 13 to about 25 at work. So I don't know, maybe it's that I don't have a beard. But And the other disclaimer I need to clarify is that I say the country of Israel, like Israel, because I have a brother named Israel, and I say it Israel for some odd reason. So if I say Israel, it's to avoid saying Israel. I'm not just a a snob. So if you search on the internet and you look at the top baby boy names of the 1990s, you'll find the names Michael, Christopher, Matthew, Joshua, Jacob, Nicholas, Andrew, Daniel, Tyler, and Joseph. Fast forward to 2022, the top names are Liam, Noah, Oliver, Elijah, William, Henry, Lucas, Benjamin, James, and Theodore, which kind of surprised me. Among the list, you won't find the name Malachi. Another name you won't find is Jephthah. I'm not sure why, maybe because he only occupies about two chapters of scripture, Jephthah was a judge of Israel. Now, before we go into Jephthah's story, a little bit of background on the period of Judges is the, the Israelite nation had been rescued from slavery in Egypt, brought through the wilderness, the 40 years of wilderness. Moses is now gone. Joshua took over. They conquered Jericho. Joshua's now gone and the people don't really know what to do. They were meant to rely on God as their king, protector, provider, and uh, rely on God for their provision, but they weren't relying on God. And so because of that, and because of the fact that there was no military or police system, if someone wanted to take your stuff and they had a big enough gang, they'd just take it and kill you and maybe your family. And the cycle Israel was caught in was prosperity and safety would turn them to idols, idols which would turn them to invasion. They would cry out to God. They would get rescued by a judge. They'd have prosperity and safety while the judge was alive. And then repeat when the judge died, back to idols, invasion, and the cycle would repeat. And the judges were not all great I think several of them probably wouldn't pass a background check to serve in the the children's ministry, such as Samson. And Jephthah is no exception, but I was blessed by his story, and I hope you will be too. So, to begin Jephthah's story, in Judges 11, starting in verse 1, it says... Now Jephthah of Gilead was a great warrior. He was the son of Gilead, but his mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also had several other sons. And when these brothers grew up, they chased Jephthah off the land. You will not get any of our father's inheritance, they said, for you are the son of a prostitute. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. Soon he had a band of worthless rebels following him. At about this time, the Amorite Ammonites began their war against Israel. When the Ammonites attacked the elders of Gilead, the elders of Gilead sent for Jephthah in the land of Tob, the elders said, come and be our commander, help us fight the Ammonites. But Jephthah said to them, aren't you the ones who hated me and drove me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you're in trouble? Because we need you, the elders replied. If you lead us in battle against the Ammonites, we will make you ruler over all the people of Gilead. Talk about a rough start. He's run out of town by his own family for something his father did, something he had no control over, and then now they come back and want him to help them when they're in trouble, the town that is. The first lesson that I get from Jephthah's story is that where you come from doesn't define you. Christ does. And that where you come from is a placeholder for anything other than Christ that wants to define you, that's from the enemy. They told Jephthah that all he would ever be is the son of a prostitute, and yet he was chosen to be a judge of Israel. Jephthah was treated like an outcast and like someone who doesn't belong, like a stranger and an exile. Those are the labels of the enemy. The labels... That Christ gives us are chosen, redeemed, free from condemnation, adopted children of God, a new creation, and the righteousness of God. Let's turn to 1 Peter 2 9 to look at the first label that we receive from Christ. It says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. The label Christ gives us is chosen. Let's go to Ephesians 1.7 for the next label that Christ gives us. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. The next level, the next label that we receive from Christ is that we are redeemed. Let's turn to Romans 8.1 for yet another label we receive in Christ. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Another label is in Galatians 3.26 For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith; we're adopted children of God. Our last label comes from Second Corinthians five, verses seventeen. It says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away; behold, new has come." And then in verse twenty-one. For our sake he made him, that is Christ, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The enemy comes to still kill, and destroy and give us the label of outcast and that will never be anything more than our sin. The labels of Christ are that we're chosen, redeemed, free from condemnation, adopted children of God, a new creation, and the righteousness of God. Let's continue with Jephthah's story, picking up in verse 9. Jephthah said to the elders, Let me get this straight. If I come with you, and the Lord gives me victory over the Ammonites, will you really make me ruler over all the people? The Lord is our witness, the elders replied. We promise to do whatever you say. So Jephthah went to the elders of Gilead. And the people made him their ruler, the commander of the army. At Mizpah, in the presence of the Lord, Jephthah repeated what he had said to the elders. Then Jephthah sent messengers to the king of Ammon asking, Why have you come out to fight against my land? Then the king of Ammon answered Jephthah's messengers, When the Israelites came out of Egypt, they stole my land from the Arnon River to the Jabbok River and all the way to the Jordan. Now give it back to me peaceably. Wow, small request, right? Jephthah sent this message back to the Ammonite king. This is what Jephthah says. Israel did not steal any land from Moab or Ammon. When the people of Israel arrived at Kadesh on their journey from Egypt after crossing the Red Sea, they sent messengers to the king of Edom, asking for permission to pass through his land, but their request was denied. Then they asked the king of Moab for similar permission, but he wouldn't let them pass through either. So the people of Israel stayed in Kadesh. Finally, they went around Edom and Moab through the wilderness. They traveled along Moab's eastern border and camped on the other side of the Arnon River. But they never once crossed, into, crossed the Arnon River into Moab, for the Arnon was the border of, the, of Moab. Then Israel sent messengers to King Sihon of the Amorites, who ruled from Heshbon, asking for permission to cross through his land to get to their destination. But King Sihon didn't trust Israel to pass through his land, Instead, he mobilized his army at Jehaz and attacked them. But the Lord, the God of Israel, gave his people victory over King Sihon. So Israel took control of all the land of the Amorites who lived in that region, from the Arnon River to the Jabbok River, from the eastern wilderness to the Jordan. So you see, it was the Lord, the God of Israel, who took away the land from the Amorites and gave it to Israel. Why then should we give it back to you? I'm not sure where Jephthah would have gotten this learning. I'm not sure why he knew his history so well. He clearly had a difficult upbringing. He was ran out of town. Maybe he still went to Hebrew school, if that was a thing. Maybe his father taught him before he ran out of town. But I was very impressed that he knew the word at the time and the history of Israel. So the second lesson I take from Jephthah's story is be ready for God to use you and grow you. One thing Will Mukes, our counselor, says a lot is, are you in a place for God to speak to you? I think being ready looks like filling yourself with the word, surrounding yourself with God's people, and being still and knowing that he is God. Filling yourself with the word, let's turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a guide to my path. We can be ready for God to use us by filling ourselves with His Word. Like Psalm 1 says Blessed is the man who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but those who delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on His law day and night. They are like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. If you want to be established and ready for God to use you, fill yourself with God's Word. Surrounding yourself with God's people, which is fellowship, which is what Sonny Banning talked about on Wednesday, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, not forsaking being in fellowship with one another, and being still and knowing that he is God. Psalm 46.10, if you would turn there. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the eight, the nations I will be exalted in the earth. Being still with being still and knowing that he is God looks like spending time in prayer and getting away from distractions. And our world has no shortage of distractions. We carry a huge distraction in our pocket all the time. So the second lesson that we take from I take from Jephthah's story is be ready by filling yourself with God's word, surrounding yourself with God's people, and being still and knowing that he is God. So let's finish out Jephthah's story for the last takeaway. Picking up in verse 23, Jephthah still talking to the Ammonite king. So you see, it was Yahweh, the God of Israel, who took away the land from the Amorites and gave it to Israel? Why then should we give it back to you? You keep whatever your god Chemosh gives you, and we will keep whatever the Yahweh, our God, gives us. Are you any better than Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he make? Did he try to make a case against Israel for disputed land? Did he go to war against them? Israel has been living here for 300 years, inhabiting Heshbon and its surrounding settlements all the way to the Aror and its settlements, and all the towns along the Arnon River. Why have you made no effort to recover it before now? Therefore, I have not sinned against you, but rather you have wronged me by attacking, by attacking me. Let the Lord, who is judge, decide today which of us is right, Israel or Ammon. But the king of Ammon paid no atten- attention to Jephthah's message. At that time, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he went throughout the land of Gilead and Manasseh, including Mizpah in Gilead. And from there, he led an army against the Ammonites. Skipping ahead to verse 32. So Jephthah led his army against the Ammonites, and the Lord gave him victory. He crushed the Ammonites, devastating about 20 towns from Aror to an area near Mineth and as far as Abel-Kuriman. In this way, Israel defeated the Ammonites. I really appreciate how Jephthah confidently trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, and he even dared the enemy, the offender, to compare the Lord, the God of Israel, to Chemosh, the God of the Ammonites. Jephthah knew where victory came from in the past, like he knew his history, and he knew where victory will come from in the future. So the third lesson I take from Jephthah's story is that victory comes from the Lord. Personally, I need need constantly reminded of this because my tendency is to use logic and reason to solve all my problems and worry until, until the problem is solved rather than trusting in the Lord. A good verse to help with this is Psalm 2714. It says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Another verse is Proverbs 21, 31. It says, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory comes from the Lord. So in conclusion, from Jephthah's story, We've learned, we can see that where you come from, the enemy, and this world don't define you. Christ does. Christ gives you the labels chosen, redeemed, free from condemnation, adopted children of God, a new creation, and the righteousness of God. Be ready for God to use you and grow you by filling yourself with God's word, surrounding yourself with God's people, and being still and knowing that he is God by getting away from distractions and spending time in prayer. And the victory comes from the Lord, not from us. If you have yet to, if you have yet to let God, let Christ win the victory for you and for him to give you these labels, your new identity in Christ, please seek out one of our shepherds and they'll guide you in how to let Christ win the victory for you so you can receive the labels free from condemnation and chosen. Would you bow with me in prayer? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, please, please grow us. Please remind us of the labels that we have from your son, Jesus Christ, and how we are redeemed. Please let us be ready for you to use us and grow us. And please remind us this week where victory comes from. Thank you so much for your word and all that we can learn from it and for your son, Jesus Christ. It's in the powerful name of your son, Jesus Christ, that I pray. Amen.